Hi, this is Chuck Hurley, host of the Family Leaders Capital Connection, and we have a lot to cover in a hurry, so buckle up. I'll do a quick preview. The three biggest issues, we are heavily involved in the heartbeat case that's before the Iowa Supreme Court. We are trying to defend religious liberty from LGBTQ XYZ attacks at the Capitol in numerous bills. It's going to be hard to really wrap those up uh, all together, but we'll try to abbreviate. And finally, we have a really weird thing going, Danny Carroll, with ESG, Environmental Social Governance scores that effectively are woke scores that some companies now are saying you have to have a good woke score to get a loan. How crazy is that? So we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. First, though, I want to go to our inside expert. Thank God, Ryan, Ben, you said yes to coming to the family leader. Tell us a little bit about this case and uh, what happened this week with our friend of the court brief. Yeah, so I think most of you probably heard about the heartbeat case uh, before the Iowa Supreme Court. I know we've been talking about it. Um, expedited review was granted. It's going to be heard quickly. It's going to be heard this spring. We're not going to have to wait like we thought we might. Uh, so that's that's a really good thing. It's going to be very important for what we can pass legislatively in the future. Um, it's going to set the standard by which the court is going to review abortion regulations in the future. Um, and we at the Family Leader had an opportunity to help with it. Uh, it's, you know, Really, really a privilege to be a part of. We got to write a brief on behalf of 62 legislators that uh, Chuck and Rebecca and I think Danny too worked hard on uh, gathering names last week that wanted to join our brief. And I got to help with uh, editing, drafting a little bit, um, along with an attorney down in Florida who did the bulk of the work. But uh, that's it's we get to we submitted that. Let's see, it was submitted on Monday, and so the court's going to start looking at it here uh, shortly. Yeah. So Ryan, you have an insider's view because you clerked for an Iowa Supreme Court judge. So what's going on now that our brief is filed um, from an insider standpoint? What what's going on behind those big tall glass doors at the Iowa Judicial Building? <laughs> um, well. No, nothing quite yet. Very, very soon, though. So we got the state's brief was filed. That was, uh, I think, like three weeks ago. We've uh, the Amicus briefs, which are friend of the court briefs that we uh, filed one of this week. Amicus is a fancy Latin word for me and Chuck, friend. Yeah, me and Chuck love to use the Latin with our non-lawyer friends here. <laughs> uh, amigo, Amicus. Amigo brief. Yeah, the Amigo brief. Okay. Um, but uh, so yeah, that that briefs in. Now, unfortunately, Planned Parenthood gets to write a brief as well, and that they're working on that right now, and they'll submit that here in a couple of weeks. Hey, fair's fair. <laughs> I know, suppose everybody I suppose. gets to make their arguments. Yeah, they, they deserve the opportunity to be wrong. Yeah, because yeah, right, if someone well, was wrong in an argument, how could someone be right? But um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, once that's in, I think uh, probably three or four weeks now is when the courts are really going to dig in. Um, the justices themselves and the, the clerks that help them are really going to uh, dig into these briefs. They're going to read what, what we advocate for. Um, okay. and, and, uh, and our listeners can read what we are advocating. Yes. For. Yeah. I believe it's posted on our it's website. It's on our website. Yep. The Sorry. Family Leader. Go check it out. We'll, we'll, uh, com. So we have a prize for whoever gets the farthest. These things are <laughs> notoriously hard to stick with. It's a brief. <laughs> brief. It's not that long. Brief. It doesn't mean it's short. Brief is a misnomer. <laughs> but it means, it means it was written by an attorney. It's an amicus brief. It's neither friendly nor a brief. 
<laughs> maybe it's hostile and long. Maybe the attorney wrote it in his briefs. I don't know. <laughs> At least we finally did find an attorney on this team that's useful. So you've been behind those doors with the Supremes over there, Ryan. Yeah. What, what do they have to say about organizations like the Family Leader? Oh. And particularly Danny Carroll. <laughs> I don't think I ever heard your name come up. I'm not sure I can. Well, that's a good sign. Okay. <laughs> but I, I do know I, I worked on the court during the 2021-2022 term, so last year, and the family leader have filed a brief then as well. Um, so they provide us, you know, as a clerk, I read the brief filed by the family leader. So mm -hmm. I, I can tell you, it does get read. It gets considered. Super. Um, you know, if now, there's any. All kidding aside, yeah. folks, you should read the brief. It's a well-done brief. And not to pat ourselves on the back, we had a ton of help from some Alliance Defending Freedom lawyers. We had help from Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Mike Lee and Senator Josh Hawley. Is that right? Yeah. So we there was a brief filed in the Dobbs case that overturned Roe um, in the Meeks brief that, uh, like those senators you mentioned, they filed um, – we based our brief off of that, so we, we borrowed heavily with permission and then kind of edited it to kind of fit our circumstances here. Uh, make it better, you might say. Make it better. <laughs> but, so uh, so yeah, really, folks, the, the issue here is the Iowa Supreme Court is going to decide whether the legislature and governor can protect babies more or not. I mean, this is a very, very important but case. But at the crux of it, isn't it whether or not the state law that was passed in 2018 is allowed to reactivate, so to speak. Yep, reactivate. By getting rid word. of the junk, the injunction. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, just to unpack it a little more, folks, uh, we worked really hard in 2018, as did our governor and our friendly legislators, to try to save babies after a heartbeat can be detected. And that law passed. Well, then a judge, downtown Des Moines, Judge Huppert, said, nope, you can't enforce that, governor. You can't enforce that, county attorneys, uh, because in Iowa, you can kill babies up to the moment of birth. That's that's really what he said. And you could either blame him for being on the dark side, or you could say, well, he was just being submissive to the Iowa Supreme Court. But either way, really bad result. And that so was, that was handed down uh, with Roe still intact. It was. And. It was handed down 2018, by, but it was handed down by an Iowa judge based on an Iowa Supreme Court case. Yeah. It was filed in state court. The yeah. Iowa Supreme Court did a Roe versus Wade yeah. in 2018 of its own, of its of our own. So now both Roe and that 2018 Iowa Supreme Court decision have been overturned. So here we are, a new day, and now we're saying let's be able. And to so the idea is to go to the court. Things have changed. The basis you used for that injunction five years ago is no longer valid. So the the law should go right back on the books, not have to be reconsidered, debated and passed by the General Assembly. Yeah, well, it's More still basically. on the books. Yeah. The the law, if you it's go been suspended to the it's Iowa unenforceable. Code. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to the Iowa Code, it's, there's a yeah. law that says you can't kill babies after their heart yeah. starts beating. So so now, can the judges who have reversed themselves allow that law to be enforced by the governor? Sh surely they can, but but believe it or not, Planned Parenthood doesn't want them to do that. Yep. So yep. we're in the court fighting over yep. the, over that yep. injunction. 
So Ryan, what do we miss? A couple of bumpkins here. You're you're the you're the smart guy in the <laughs> no, room. Covered in great. I was just thinking as you were talking. This is Planned Parenthood v. Reynolds five, and she hasn't been governor what more than six forget, years. Six years. It's, it's, it'd be nice to finally get the rational basis test, the correct <laughs> standard of review for abortion cases. Uh, Court get it right. Hopefully, you don't have to keep coming back every every year. But. So let's pray. Let's keep working. Go to our go to our website. See the brief. We got to keep moving. What was the LGBTQ at all attack on religious liberty this week that several of us testified on? Why don't you dive into that as well? Rebecca, were you part of that or was that more Ryan doing that testifying? Uh, Ryan got that pleasure. He had to have all the arrows shot at him. Yeah, well, thankfully, <laughs> yeah. thankfully this morning, Rebecca was standing there next to me. Um, it was moral support. That yes, was about moral it. support. <laughs> uh, it was Prayer a, support. Yes. Uh, There's a bill brought by Senator Green that uh, is trying to protect religious uh, foster care or adoption agencies, um, you know, that don't want to. Uh, violate the religious beliefs and and place children with gay couples. Um, so the bill is designed to protect them from state interference with that, from discrimination based on those beliefs. So, but, is, but isn't that horribly discriminatory for a Christian adoption agency to say to a couple of loving homosexuals who have gone through a supposed marriage ceremony that they can't foster? Some poor needy children. I'm going to use the word discerning <laughs> rather than discriminatory, but okay. yeah, that that was the argument they made, and there was okay. uh, there was about 20 people there on behalf of the LGBTQ crowd, um, uh, with you know some heartwarming stories that, uh, or at least they're supposed to be heartwarming stories. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to listen to actually, but um, and then there was us, the family leader. So. Uh, it feels a little overwhelming. I mean, we've got majorities in the House and Senate, um, you know, but, but we're there um, advocating for religious liberty against this huge crowd of people. So Huge crowd. So um, people listening who haven't been to the Capitol to testify at a hearing, just, just give them a little word picture what you did today and throughout this week. When you... How does it work? Are are you sworn in? I mean, just just tell what it means to testify. Yeah, so it's pretty simple. At subcommittees, they they go around the room. Anybody who shows up from the public there can can say their piece for you know two or three minutes, and um, that room was filled with uh, the LGBTQ lobby um, activists and the family leader, <laughs> and it. it it's a good thing we're there. I think we were thanked. I mean, I was personally thanked today for being there. Um, you know, on behalf of the many Iowans who who do agree with us. Um, I think Danny, you mentioned something similar. Um, so we, people, people do appreciate us being there, and, and we're we're happy to do it. Well, and we appreciate you folks for making it possible for us to be there. If What's you, particularly important at this time for our role at the at the Capitol is we helped elect some of these people. We went out, we knocked on doors, we raised money, particularly in the primary. And now they are there advancing legislation that we have wanted to see on the uh, the schedule, on the agenda, for a long time. 32 years in my case. Now we need to be there to support them. You betcha. And um, House and Senate Republicans are moving forward some pretty significant language. Oh, boy. Another one we're going to talk about here pretty soon. Yeah. Very, very often, the only people who show up uh, are people who are opposed to it. They don't always hear from those who are supporting it. And that's why we need to be there to support the people that we helped get elected, that we advocated for. And now we need to help defend them 
against the attack from the other side. And Danny, aren't you profoundly appreciative of all those listeners who have uh, sacrificed to make it possible for us to have exactly the the yeah. a, mm-hmm. the A team here at the Capitol? I've often looked at some of those meetings, not all, but occasionally. And uh, Ryan spoke one today. If you looked around the room at all of the people testifying, all the lobby and special interest, it's not. It's becoming more uncommon, but it's still there. The family leader is the only one on the other side. I will put in a plug for the Moms for Liberty yep. and yep. for the Iowa Catholic yep. Conference. Yep. And, and there are a few others now. Yep. And we're growing in number. But I will say this. The LGBTQ crowd is probably... 20 to 30 years ahead of most people who have conservative Christian values as far as being organized and being there at the Capitol. We are improving. Danny, I just told somebody right before we went on air today about your help getting a great slate of testifiers, witnesses at these public hearings. We're, we're now at, at these major public hearings. We're holding our own. And that just didn't happen for 30 years. And, and that, that point was strongly made yesterday, along with our, our partner, the Catholic Conference. Um, we, brought, we brought some uh, experts in on uh, medical ethics having to do with um, uh, physicians, medical practitioners, not being forced to carry out procedures that are contrary to their religious beliefs. Be specific. Medical, medical right of conscience. Be specific. So What's if, a procedure? If you want to provide uh, pre, uh, uh, you want to provide hormones to someone who wants to transition from one gender to a next, and you think that's wrong, you should not do that because of the way you see life created in God's image, or even to the extreme of providing life-altering surgeries on little boys and little girls before they reach the age of 18. Okay. And we're talking about things like castration and mas- double mastectomy right. of, uh, of young teens. So, sorry, listeners, but it gets pretty dark uh, at the Capitol not much, not much of an easy way of saying it, Chuck, it, it, except to put it out the way it is. Well, and you can make euphemisms about rights of conscience, and, and we did, and the bill mentions that. Yeah. But what it comes down to is whether the government or an employer can force a citizen to deeply violate do, do their that is, yeah. their most deeply held it interferes conviction. with their religious expression. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, great good. news. We're we're moving forward. Great yeah. news. Medical right there of conscience. There is hope. Medic, medical right of conscience is moving forward. Uh, the bill that you testified on today. Moving forward. Moving forward. Um, the bill on banning pornography from our young people in middle school and sometimes elementary school moving forward. We're having a great year, folks. God bless you for doing that. Danny, why don't you wrap up this session on just briefly explaining what a woke ESG score is and (laughs) how we're fighting back against that. I'll try to squeeze it in two or three minutes. Uh, I think I think I can do it. Our listeners should make note of a new term you're going to hear more and more. Uh, often, and that's ESG, an ESG score, if you will, or uh, a woke uh, score. ESG, the E stands for environmental, the S stands for social, and the G stands for governance. With the uh, availability now of data mining and storage, um, 
high tech, big tech can keep track of just about everything that you think or do or say <laughs> or how you spend your money. A perfect example, as I mentioned to the team, I'm flying to Ohio tomorrow afternoon late to see my mother in Canton, Ohio, going for the weekend. Leave on Friday, be back Sunday night, time to go to work Monday morning. Google Flights tells me that my flight going out there is a, consumes 207 kilograms of carbon dioxide. It's right there on the form that comes up with your time and your price CO2 score. Okay. Uh, 207 kilograms, 458 pounds. And going out there, I'll burn up about 500 pounds of carbon dioxide and on the way back, about the same thing. So this round trip means I will burn 1,000 pounds or produce 1,000 pounds of CO2. Okay. What's my limit? I don't know. Nobody knows yet. They're just collecting the information oh. and informing me. Oh. But now they've informed me, and now that's recorded in one of these big concrete buildings up here in Altoona. Yeah. Where big data is, is storing all that stuff. Okay. Most likely what will happen is eventually I'll go to book a flight, and they'll tell me you've consumed your allotment of carbon uh, credits for this year. Uh, we will apply a surcharge if you want to spend more. Okay. And now my ticket will go up by a certain number. Okay. Um, social, maybe they find out where I go to church. Maybe they find out I'm a Republican. Maybe they find out I've written something that is taken as unfriendly towards the woke agenda. Like when you ran the marriage amendment saying yeah. marriage is yeah. only between a so man and a woman. So now your social score is, is and governance. Okay. What kind of what kind of government have you participated in? That's a weird one. And keep track of that. And now, in, along with your credit score, you have an e, a woke score or an ESG score. Okay. And um, that will be used to help decide things, like whether or not you get a loan. Maybe you've exceeded your carbon, uh, your ESG wow. score is high, like. Uh, your your credit score maybe is too low. We'll make you a loan, Mr. Carroll. But uh, because your ESG is out of range, uh, your interest rate will be adjusted accordingly. This sounds surreal, but it's happening. Yeah. It either is happening or it can easily happen. If you if you study and follow this, uh, this is the way it's going. In in uh, in a couple of communities in China, if you if you exceed your score when you open up your phone in the morning, the background is red. Huh. That means that because you've ex you've out, you're outside the range, all of your financial transactions are going to be adjusted accordingly. Wow! And where they, where they'll really clamp down is probably not in in my lifetime, but maybe in my children's. Once we move to a a, a culture that is pretty much cashless, more more and more businesses are not taking cash. You go to a baseball game downtown in Des Moines. Uh, at um, Principal Park, they will they will only accept plastic. You can't you can't buy popcorn for a dollar or two. No cash. Okay. So they'll they'll start controlling through the uh, Mastercard, Visa, and then there's talk about a, a digital bank, a a, a central bank digital currency, CBDG. So where your uh, stimulus check comes in the form of a card, and it's only can only be used if your ESG score is within a certain range. For example, so Danny. Anyway, big data, big technology, is is coming at us. Danny, uh, what we've got some friendly Republicans in the House that are advancing two pieces of legislation to keep public funds in Iowa from being subject to ESG scores. State banks, state credit unions cannot decide your loan. 
okay. based on an ESG score. They're trying to put some fences around it in the state of Iowa. So we're fighting back here in Iowa. You testified on it, mm-hmm. and it's moving forward. Yep. Okay. Actually, two different bills in the House moving forward. Super. So, folks, thanks to you, we're able to be at the Capitol, fight off some of this darkness, fight off some of this big data stuff that could stifle freedom. And um, we're going to continue fighting. Next week, we've got a a big week. You want to stay tuned. It's funnel week, and we're going to find out what bills are alive and what bills aren't. So join us again next time for TFL's Capital Connection. Thanks a lot. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com 